0: Requires high speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
1: Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable. The most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause. Like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital. Like Antoine when he shimmed after shots went through. So tell me why you mad, even. Your team gonna be sad. trying to guard Kemba, <laughs> Your team whack and your players whack I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year. Band a 12 plus 6 here. Carson that was top rookie. I'm seeing it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum and with a Brown. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up to date. You heard? Hey <laughs> <Aziz. laughs> Jay, I, I see you there. <laughs> welcome to Anything Is the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host Sam Jam Packer, professional sports fan, and I am joined as always by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter for the Athletic, Jay King. And this game came down to another Jason Tatum sidestep three-point attempt to try and win the game, and it was about as close as this one against the Milwaukee Bucks, but this one did not go glass and in. He misses, and the Celtics lose a very close game in Indiana. Jay King, what was your reaction to, uh, I guess, a a kind of a bizarre game from the Celtics?
0: Was it that bizarre? They had a shitty, shitty third quarter. Not that bizarre? They sucked for the most part. Um I thought Indiana was just a lot more physical than they were. They really took them out of their sets. They made them do tough things, and the Celtics weren't committed enough to do that. The Tatum shot, that's two out of three games now that he has just defaulted to the fadeaway step back three-pointer, and he can make it. That's, that's not a terrible shot for him. But I think especially against Indiana, considering the defenders they have and that nobody really should be able to keep him from getting to a, a better shot he wants, he can't be settling. And I think part of it might be that he hasn't drawn any free throws and he thinks that if he, if he goes inside, he's not going to get to the line, he's going to have to finish through contact, and he hasn't done a great job of that. I don't know if that's in his head. Well, while he's calculating what shot to take, but he's got to get something better. And the Celtics need to rely on him to get something better in that moment. It worked out against Milwaukee. He hit a a lucky bank shot. um, But that's now two out of three games where they've settled for a Tatum ISO sidestep step back. And it can, it can work. It, if if it's the last shot and they're trying to make sure that the other team doesn't get the ball back and they either go to overtime or finish it off, that's fine. But down in the final seconds, I don't like that shot. Put the, some pressure on the referees. Put some pressure on the defense. And that's what Tatum said in his post game press conference, that he, he should have done that. He should have gone to the bucket a little bit, try to get something better.
1: I think the thing that's frustrating
0: about that shot is it's kind of evident
1: of what the entire Celtics offense was down the stretch. They really didn't score many points down the final six minutes of that game. They they had the awful stretch in the third quarter that you mentioned. They had a very nice, I think, 8-0 run to get themselves back tied, but uh, really struggled to get the biscuit into the basket down the stretch, and it felt like it was, all right, Jason Tatum, go one-on-one against the offense. And then Jalen Brown. It seemed like Jalen Brown had much more success driving, uh taking the guy off his dribble and just like creating one on one. Maybe would have seen like to see the ball go to him. But yeah, the shot at the end, you gotta do something going towards the basket. I mean, even if it's just getting Tatum a catch around the elbow or in the post where he just seems to be like a better shooter from, I think would be a better look than the sidestep three. We knew that was coming. I think. Like there're a bunch of people complaining about Brad rotations tonight. It was a very different rotation. We can kind of talk about that later, but the game was really lost in the first five, six minutes of the third quarter when they came out, and uh <laughs> that's a distracting comment. Jay does look like Wally Zerbiak right now. But the Celtics came out to open the third quarter, instantly gave up a 12-0 run. It's not even that there were like horrendous turnovers, but they just missed shots and again just terrible lapses in their transition defense the uh, Pacers scored 39 points in the third quarter shooting 75 from the field it's gonna be really tough to win basketball games when you're giving them quarters like that
0: yeah and the Celtics like they haven't looked sharp really at all this season um, they've had moments like every player has had personal moments but it hasn't been like they've been sharp Either offensively or defensively, they've had stretches where the ball hasn't been moving. I thought tonight, especially, um, they made some plays because they're talented, but they were just kind of going with no pass, one pass possessions a lot, and and just kind of taking what was there instead of getting what they wanted. Um, and and that like that's fine; they can be okay that way. But especially with this roster, they don't have enough talent to just out talent people that that's not going to be how it is. I think Scal said on the broadcast they need to become a top 5 passing team. I don't know if they need to become that, but they definitely need to put a more of a premium on getting better shots and maximizing possessions. I, we talk about the Tatum play at the end, but it, it's it's really the the entire game. They they haven't with the exception of Jeff Teague tonight, they haven't gotten many free throw attempts at all. That's primarily on Tatum like Tatum needs to be drawing contact when he gets to the hoop. I I know that he's taken twos and gotten to the hoop and he's had however many drives. I saw that stack going around on Twitter. The best players know how to draw contact, know how to get to the free throw line. He hasn't done that at all. And that's, that's one of the areas that we looked at this season that he kind of needed to take a, a step forward in. To become more efficient and to become one of the real top scorers in the game, and it, it could still happen. It's game three right now. There are sixty nine games left, <laughs> but <laughs> but right now it, it hasn't happened, and you wonder how how much the the tiny offseason hurt these guys. You know, if you're trying to add to your game, having two months from playoffs to training camp is is really tough.
1: Well, it feels like Jalen has taken somewhat of a step in terms of his playmaking and passing. I thought it was just kind of a sloppy game from Tatum, especially in the second half. He went into halftime with something like sixteen points, six boards, and five assists, and did not get an assist the rest of the game. I know they were throwing some double coverage at him, but the Celtics. I'm trying to like. I think he had a very nice pass, like uh, over the shoulder hits, but it's Tyce in the corner that you're playing. Tyce only ended up playing fifteen minutes tonight. Tristan Thompson only played 22 minutes tonight. Uh, It really did not seem like the two-big lineup was providing them with enough spacing. What did you think about Brad's rotations and then the decision to, I guess, finish with Time Lord, who basically dominated the final two minutes of this game? Time Lord was everything except for that one big mess-up. But great, great game from Time Lord.
0: Yeah, for the most part, he was great. He was chasing after offensive rebounds. He had the one steal on the outlet pass. For a dunk, he had the other steal uh, in right near half court on the inbounds play. He was awesome. It's kind of cruel that he was part of the miscommunication or whatever it was on the Sabonis play that allowed Sabonis to get what ended up being the game-winning bucket. Um, Before I get to Robert Williams, you asked me about the rotations. I think it just shows how little wing play they have. And I think at some point they're going to need to try Neesmith just because they need more shooting and they need another guy with size, like Peyton Pritchards look good. He's looked fine, he's hit threes. Um, but when Peyton Pritchards, your guy at the end of a game, when you want floor spacing, that's tough. That's tough. Like he's a rookie, he's six one or six two, or however tall he is. He's not gonna be handling the ball. And because he's that tall, because he's a rookie, he's going to be a defensive minus or not a defensive plus. And so I just think the depth of this roster is just on full display right now. The lack of depth on this roster is on full display. They're starting Tyson Thompson, which think I
1: think that's sustainable. Cause it just doesn't seem like they have a great, like well, I, Tice feels lost when he's on offense with Thompson on the court. I know he's shooting threes process wise. I think that's a good decision. Like you want him to be, but like, anytime he shoots a three, it's generally a win for the defense. I just, I don't know if they can, can like keep those guys on the court at the same time for like long periods of the games. It just doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't know how they do that because they obviously want Robert Williams to play some minutes. Um, And if you, if you don't play Tyson Thompson together, you don't have many minutes for Robert Williams. If, you don't play Tyson Thompson together. You have to play more minutes to the wings who probably aren't very good. And, and we, so got, that...
1: we had stretch lineups tonight, whereas basically Tyson Thompson were benched. Like once it felt like uh, Tristan Thompson gave up those two buckets to uh, some bonus in the post, they went away from him and there was a lineup at one point, I think it was mostly because uh, Marcus Smart got hurt, but there was Jalen Brown, Jeff Teague, uh, Tatum, Pritchard, and uh, Time Lord, like a very small lineup. It feels like the, that's like the only kind of guys that Stevens trusts at this point are small guys. We also got a fair amount of Grant Williams. He was, I think, the guy who was actually at fault on the switch. I don't think he's looked great this year, but you're right. They, they need someone on the wing to step in there because that's just the way the roster is constructed. And it's just so far, it's not been great, but. I don't know when. When does Neesmith Smith get a chance? Is you just think he's just not ready defensively, or it's just game three, and we're obviously overreacting?
0: I think we're obviously overreacting, but I also think the Celtics badly need a shooter, and I think it hurts their best players that they don't have enough shooting. Like we we talk about Jason Tatum not drawing free throws and and not getting to the hoop. Well, one way to make it tougher on a defense is to get more shooting out there and the Celtics right now are starting two bigs they're starting Marcus Smart who can shoot threes but isn't a great three-point shooter and so Tatum doesn't have many threats next to him there's a lot of guys that a defense can help off of and make things tougher on him make things tougher on Jalen Brown and so it's going to be tough for him I think in the early going while the Celtics play those lineups and and he's just going to Need to be more physical. And I think in the long run, that could be good. And I think during the playoffs, we saw him kind of manufacture points and play through contact and draw free throws and do a much better job of all that stuff than he'd done previously. He's got to get back to that level, and he needs to do it consistently because, like I said, like there's this lineup isn't going to maximize space. The Celtics are not going to maximize space because right now with Kemba Walker out, without much depth on the perimeter, like they just don't have – that type of offense where it's going to be like free flowing and wide open and things are going to be easy for him. So it just, everything's a little tougher. I I don't know what they should do with the starting lineup. I actually think Tyson Thompson could be a really good defensive lineup once they kind of figure some things out. But right now, like the whole team just kind of looks a little step slow. I think that
1: the, Tyson Thompson can work out, but they have to be playing elite defensively. I'm not going to put it all on those two guys for the kind of defensive laps, especially in the third quarter. But if you can't stop a right-handed drive from Doug McDermott four times in a row, like that's going to be a problem. I think the Pacers just got easy buckets and just, they were basically running their entire second unit offense through Doug McDermott. And the Celtics, other than the one Tristan Thompson block, could not stop it. Malcolm Brogdon had a pretty solid game. Sabonis had a pretty solid game. They didn't dominate. It just felt like the Sixers, especially in that third corner, got a lot of easy offense, and the Celtics just did not have an answer for them defensively. And so if this team's going to win, it's going to be a lot of problem. (laughs) Doug McDermott does not have elite quickness. That is lies coming from the comment section. But if the team's going to win with the current personnel that they have, they need to be locked down defenders, and it's just not something they did tonight against a Pacers team that did not have Oladipo.
0: Yeah, I mean, Celtics just got to be sharper. I do want to get back to Robert Williams because I thought he was, for a while, a really bright spot for the Celtics. I thought he played just really hard. He was out working, guys. And, flying in on offensive rebounds. Yeah, the steal he had that almost won the game, should have won the game, was very impressive. He was active. He was hustling. He made a lot of key plays. I also think I would not – if I were trying to win that game, I would not have had him in on that last play because miscommunications tend to happen when Robert Williams is on the court.
1: The man just got you the game-winning steal. and You're going to take him out of the game?
0: Yes, yes, because Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice are options, and they are both far better options – when you have to play one possession of half-court defense, no, you got to you got to give him the chance. Months.
1: It's game three. You got to give the chance of like a guy a chance to prove himself when he basically plays you back into the game. You give him an opportunity to at least like he did mess up and he should be reprimanded. And he was quite sad on the post-game zoom. But in game three, you got to give the guy a chance, especially when he's the energy that kind of brings the team back.
0: If you had let me continue, <laughs> I was going to say I think that play and, and that failure to stop Sabonis is really important for Robert Williams to be on that court in that moment. I think even though it, it lost the Celtics that game, I'd never seen Robert Williams be so down on himself. And I've never seen Robert Williams talk about letting the game slip away like he did and, and care so much and i think he's gotten away with a lot of mistakes over the past 2 plus years and maybe not gotten away with it but he's he's made a lot of mistakes over the past 2 and some change years and i think none of them hit him like that one did and it hurts more when you do it in a crunch time moment it hurts more when you do it for a bucket that puts you down one in the final seconds and so i, I thought I think that Robert Williams, if he lets himself, will really grow from that moment, has a chance to really grow from that moment. I may be just having a hot take here after seeing how down he was, but I do he was, think... He was objectively like, sad. Yeah, but but there there has never been a moment in his career where he's made a mistake and felt like that mistake cost the Celtics a game. I don't think there's ever been a moment before that and so all the all the slip ups he's had, all the little mistakes he's made, it's always been like, oh, I I go to the bench and it's the middle of the third quarter and my team still has a chance. This time he makes a mistake, they lose, and he blames himself. And I actually think that that could be kind of kind of big for him.
1: Now I'm just imagining Robert Williams just walking the streets of Indianapolis. Just in between games, just dreading this decision. Coming back, he has a chance for revenge. That's the beauty about these new two-game series is that he can come back on Tuesday night for revenge. I'm guessing Victor Oladivo will probably play. It's going to be interesting to see how the Celtics adjust, but. Discovered the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Haquez Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. We don't know what's going to happen, and so instead, we're going to go to the world-famous potable six-pack where Jay King and I will draft the six most interesting things from tonight's ball game. Jay, do you have a first pick? Or do you choose to defer?
0: Peyton P- Pritchard threes. We're going with Peyton Pritchard threes. The man has deep been threes. He's got onions. He's got. He's willing to shoot from deep. He has made a number of threes. He's got, like you said, deep range, and and I think he's done a, a pretty good job for the Celtics so far in his rookie season. I think Peyton Pritchard has been. Sort of a like, not a super bright spot, but a, a low key bright spot.
1: He's been a plus, he's been a, a, a better than anticipated. And so, I think that's good. Good first pick. My first pick, uh, I think everyone was going to say this one, but um, Sabonis looks like Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Uh, he's got a great, look, great head of hair on him. I thought it was intimidating. Your thoughts?
0: I don't think that's a good comparison at all. Give me
1: a better comparison for Sabonis' head of hair. He looked like a lion. That's,
0: that's just not – it's disrespectful to the beast.
1: All right, that's fair. My second pick, go, like uh, Kendrick Perkins was on the uh, broadcast tonight, and oh, my God, they did not deliver the quality of audio quality. It was uh, just not great. It was sounded uh, not very good at all. Um, but the best thing about it was uh, Keith Smith tweeted out that Perk's audio would sound better if it did, if he wasn't um, coming love from a coffin. And he was meant to say coming live from a coffin, but he said coming love from a coffin, and that made me laugh.
0: Yeah, fine.
1: <laughs> what should you think about Perk's contribution to the broadcast?
0: Perk, uh, they got to get him a mic. Perk, Perk is great on the broadcast. He's fantastic on the broadcast. I think NBC Sports Boston should invest in a microphone for my man, Kendrick Perkins. Um, Your two picks. Peyton Pritchard stepping on the line. (laughs) (laughs) My man has stepped on the sidelines out of bounds line three times through three games at least. Just just don't step on the line, pal. You're not allowed to step on the line.
1: <laughs> he's not trying to. He's it's just, it's just excited.
0: Yeah, it, that is uh, something he's got to change. And I don't know what it is. John Hollinger is always tweeting about how rookies step on the sideline a lot. And I don't know what it is, but Peyton Pritchard has certainly stepped on the sideline quite a bit. Um what was something else? Um, I thought this is totally meaningless um by now, but the Pacers throwing a box and one at Jason Tatum. I'm, I'm going to throw, I'm going to pick that. And I think that says a lot about the Celtics supporting cast. When you're doing um, it in
1: game three. Yeah.
0: Says something about the Celtics supporting cast says something about the Pacers that they're willing to try that. Um, and T- I, Tatum handled it pretty well. The that's There was a second quarter stretch when he was just fantastic alongside um, mostly bench guys, and he was just killing everyone in his way. But yeah, boxing one You don't see that too often in the NBA.
1: No. All right. I have two honorable mentions before I get to the real final pick. We saw a different little thing with rotation where in the first two games, it was kind of Tatum in the bench and then Jalen and Marcus Smart with the bench. Uh, We saw kind of Brad split that up and Jalen had exclusively bench guys around him. Maybe Tice was in there, but I thought Jalen did a pretty good job handling that and his just ability to create is, has gotten a lot better. Two point daddies. Definitely. He's heard the calls. He's uh, answering the calls. That's an honorable mention. Second honorable mention, Jeff Teague, just an absolute vet in terms of grifting, especially when the Celtics were in the bonus there at the end of the third quarter, uh, I just thought he, he had pulled out that nice Chris Paul move where you get in front of a guy and they stop. Uh, he was really the only guy getting to the line for the Celtics. So I just appreciate a vet doing vet things and gripping some free throws. But the actual final pick, it's got nothing to do with this game at all. Friend of the podcast, Nick Friedman leading the Charlotte Hornets and Terry Rozier past the Nets tonight. What a, I mean, scary Terry scoring, what, 48 in his first game is, is, The the Hornets are frisky, and it's going to be exciting all year if you get Friedman and Terry Rozier just combining for for an effort like this.
0: It's amazing. The frisky Hornets. That was a a frisky game.
1: Weird night in the NBA tonight. The Sixers got blown out. The uh, The Clippers were down 50 at halftime. Yeah, just an absolutely crazy day. I mean, the Bucs were losing to the Knicks at one point. Uh, Damian Lee. Game winner in Golden State. Just a wild weekend in the NBA. The I'm Celtics fans, if you want some hope moving forward, nothing really makes sense now. The Raptors are 0-2. The Nuggets are 0-2. A bunch of teams have lost. And so it's not just the Celtics who are going through these early uh, kind of woes in their season. Just no one knows what's going on. But the NBA is back, and it's weird. And uh, shouts to Tara Rozier and Nick Friedman. <laughs>
0: Shout out to Terry Rozier and Nick Friedman. Jeff Teague, by the way, has not made many field goals over the last couple of games.
1: No, the floaters don't really seem to go in uh, anymore after that one game where they did. And so, but he did get to the line 10 times, which is pretty wild.
0: It was It was good that he's gotten to the line six more times than Tatum has over the entire season in one game. Or bad, some may say. Um, the other Way thing you lose The other thing I had it down in my notes was Shemi attempted Euro. He tried he, he he successfully executed a Euro step in was that the first game of the season? Yeah. That was the first game of the season against Milwaukee. Tonight was the opposite of that. It was disjointed. Um Shemmy's had a good start to the season, but that was not his moment. Oh, Other no. William sidestep three.
1: That was a pretty uh, cool thing from Grant. Shemi uh, Ojale knocking down the to break the box in one, the, the foul line jumper, and then came down the next time and just immediately launched a three. He needs to have a better sense of the moment. I have another thing in my notes I just uncovered. Um, Gorman was talking about Casey Jones, the late great Casey Jones, and going to a meal with him in Kansas City, and Casey Jones ate the entire meal and then just hopped on the piano and played piano and sang for uh, an hour and a half, that is a flex. If you take someone out to dinner and then finish off the meal by playing piano and singing for an hour and a half and doing it well enough, that's just the coolest thing you could do. Uh, that's, That's impressive stuff from Casey Jones. Loved hearing that story.
0: Yeah, Casey Jones sounds like he was an awesome, 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 awesome guy. There are a lot of stories coming out about how just cool he was. Extremely bad, bad loss.
1: sad loss. He just sounded like an extremely cool dude, uh, and the ones that, especially as a coach, uh, his players had a lot of respect for him for him being quiet and then um, knowing when to step in. Funny story that I, I think Doris Burke might have told on the broadcast, but I thought was great. It was uh, Larry Bird coming in off a timeout, just says, "Everyone, shut the fuck up and get me the ball." And Casey Jones goes, "Larry, see your ass on the bench," and then turns to the rest of the team and goes, "Everyone, shut up and get Larry the ball." that's just great coaching right there um any other notes from this game Jay before we uh, sign off and we'll come back to at you uh, as the Celtics take on the Pacers again on Tuesday
0: I had no other notes but feels like the Celtics really have some stuff to figure out while Kemba's gone is Tuesday a must win must win must, must win. win.
1: So join us after that game. If the Celtics have lost, we will be ripping them to shreds and overreacting some more. And thank you guys, everyone who's still with us here on the Periscope, everyone who listened to on the podcast. And thanks for tuning into this episode of anything is possible.